It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, I'm Sarah Bivens. And I'm Matthew Bivens. And this is the Doing It at Home podcast, the only podcast dedicated to empowering, loving, and honest conversations around home birth. What started as a fun way for us to document our own home birth journey has turned into a platform for sharing birth stories, resources, and education with the goal of empowering mamas and families to make the birth decisions that work best for them. Plus, we get into the antics, breakdowns, and breakthroughs of our own experience of marriage and parenthood. All right. You ready, babe? Yep. Let's do it, mama. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast. We have another awesome episode for you today. Really excited to dive into that. Hey, quick, first things first. Did you know that Doing It at Home is a part of the Parents on Demand network? Well, we are. Parents on Demand is the pod network. It's the first podcast network for parents and families. Pod Network has tons of fun and educational podcasts for parents. You can check out the website, parentsondemand.com, or a free app in iOS and Android pod network. So go check that out. Also, you're doing it at home gear, your t-shirts, your tanks, your sweatshirts, hoodies, Go get them at bonfire.com slash store slash D-I-A-H podcast. The link to the show is in today's show notes. So you can go there, peruse, browse, check out the different styles, colors, sizes, all there for you. Okay, so today's birth story is a real treat because we got to speak with mom and dad. So we're chatting with Becca Kitchens and Jesse Carroll about the birth of their son, Benji. And I'm just going to give you a few, <laughs> few bits of information, mainly 53-hour labor. So pretty incredible. Um, and the story is just so awesome. And Becca and Jesse were a delight really to talk with and have on the show. And they planned for a home birth and actually had a hospital transfer, but with some really cool elements to this story, which I appreciate. And I know you will as well. A few of them are a bridge program. So a scenario in which hospitals care providers are working with home birth care providers, midwives to make transition to hospital when necessary, as smooth of a process as possible for everyone. So that's amazing. And also a point in here that Becca and Jesse bring to the table is when you are asked questions by your care providers, that you have time Barring any sort of emergency situation, you have time to think it over, to consult with your team, and to come to the decision that works best for you and that you can refuse things and that you can take your time in making these decisions because your body, your baby, your birth. So here's our chat with Becca and Jesse. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, 
Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft. Made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Hi, Becca and Jesse. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? We're good. Thank you for having us. Doing great. Awesome. Well, we're excited to have all three of you, actually. Full house. Yeah, here on the podcast yeah. today. So thank you for carving out time out of your days to hang out with us. It was our pleasure. Absolutely. Awesome. So why don't you kick us off with just a little bit about you guys, you know, where you live, what you all are up to, maybe how you met, too. I thought that might be fun if you guys are open to sharing uh, that. Sure. So um, Jesse and I have actually known each other for like 15 years now. <sighs> My family moved into his hometown when I was 10, and he was friends with my sister, and we just kind of grew up together, and I've had a crush on him since I was like 12, and now we're married, (laughs) so it worked out well for me. It sure did. (laughs) And that's in Washington. We grew up in Washington, um, went to school in Idaho, and now we are in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Beautiful. We've been married just over five years. That's amazing. That's like the like success of every like you know preteen like crush. I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, great. Um, so tell us a little bit then about your family planning process when you guys knew you wanted to have kids, or when you started exploring and preconception. What was that like? Sure. Well, we've always known we wanted kids, and we started. I can't remember when exactly we started trying, but it took us about two years before we did get pregnant. So initially when we got, like when we were dating and married, we were like, okay, we're going to wait a few years and, you know, finish school. And then like pretty much right away after we got married and started having sex, she was like, I want a baby. (laughs) Oh no, no. (laughs) But we planned, we planned this. That is Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. <laughs> oh, so we did wait. We didn't start trying right away. But yeah. that's true. So, uh, wow. Okay. And yeah, we got pregnant um, about September of 17. Okay. And then, so once you were pregnant or maybe before you actually got pregnant, did you have talks about birth and what you ideally wanted to experience either for yourself, Becca, or as a family, you know, what you had kind of thought about? Yes. So I have actually always wanted to do a home birth. Um, I did a speech in high school about birth intervention and it was just terrifying, you know, everything they do. And ever since then, I really wanted to do a home birth. And my mom's a doula, so I had kind of a lot of exposure to the birthing world. I kind of became a birth junkie early on, I guess. And it was and something I was it was something I was open to because my mom there's five kids in my family and I was the only one that wasn't born at home. So my mom gave birth to all of the other kids at home, so it was something that wasn't really 
out of the realm of reasonable decisions for me. Oh, wow. Very cool. Was, yeah. was that talked about in your home, Jesse? Just how, how everybody, where everybody was born? It wasn't like a main topic, but it's something I, I knew. So, it was, but it wasn't, it wasn't like, I don't know. It wasn't, a, 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 she never made a big deal about it, but yeah. it was something I was familiar with. That's awesome. Wow. That's super cool. Okay, yeah. So yeah. when you were like, when Becca, you shared, okay, this is what I want to do. Jesse was like, great, I'm on board. I've heard of that, and that's in my family. <laughs> yep, yeah, exactly. Yep. Great. So what were the steps you were taking as far as setting that up? Were you interviewing midwives and care providers? Did you want a doula yourself, um, Becca? Did you want one there for you? What were some of those plans? Yeah, so we got pregnant in Idaho, and then um, within a month found out that we were going to be moving to Wisconsin. So I did like my first appointment just at a OB's office in Rexburg just to get that first ultrasound and make sure everything was good. And then once we moved to Wisconsin, um, I did some research and found midwives and we interviewed just two and found one that we really clicked with. So, and then my mom was my doula. Oh, that's, beautiful. That's yeah, cool. It worked really well. It was perfect. All right. And so were those the only people you were planning to have present? Well, I actually hoped for a lot of my friends from Idaho to come and be there for the birth because I liked the idea of just, like, women, you know, circling me and empowering me and being there for me. Um, and nobody was able to make it, which was totally fine because it was a big trip. But <laughs> Well, and he, and he was, like, two and a half weeks past due. Yeah. Past the, you know, the, very past due date, so <laughs> it would have worked out anyway. Yeah, babies are tricky <laughs> like that. Yeah, tough. <laughs> yeah they tough are. to plan around them. He's a stubborn... Stubborn little bugger. <laughs> now, how yeah. old is Benji? You, you said that he was... Yep, he just turned five months. Just turned five months. Okay, I was trying to do the math in my head. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to be able to do this on the fly. <laughs> five months. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so then what about pregnancy itself and prenatal care? You know, How did you guys experience that? Uh, I had a really easy pregnancy. Nothing weird happened. I felt really good through most of it. I mean, of course, I was nauseous first trimester. Um, the second trimester was great. We just moved to Wisconsin and I wasn't looking and I just kind of hung out and slept and exercised and yoga and did whatever I wanted. So that was a really great way to spend the second trimester. For sure. <laughs> and then third trimester. What was that? I said, for sure. I'm right there with you. That sounds yeah. awesome. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> and then second trimester or third trimester, I was just doing some babysitting for friends. So. I was just a little baby all day, but yeah, it was really easy. We saw our midwife monthly, and then once it got later in the pregnancy, every other week, and then every week, and she was fabulous. So I just had a really nice pregnancy. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. What uh, yeah. what sort of prep, like house prep, or you know, things were you guys doing to prepare the space um, as you were, you know, moving through the pregnancy and getting ready for for baby Benji? Well, we bought a house, so that was one. Um, <laughs> Great house we acquired. Moved, <laughs> exactly. When we first moved to Wisconsin, we were, we were in an apartment, um, but being that we were doing home birth, we wanted to have kind of the space to be ours and really do what we wanted with it, and we were anticipating all those friends to come, so we wanted more space, um, so we figured we'd buy a house. Um, and uh, But yeah, that was, a, that was a, a major milestone for us in that, that space prep. Yes. 
Wow. And then what about resources or things you all were doing together, you know, for mental, emotional, physical preparation? Yeah. One thing that I really loved, Milwaukee has a really great birth scene. And there was a place um, here in town called the Room Room. And it was just downstairs from where our midwife practiced. And they do prenatal and postnatal yoga. Um, And the yogi is a doula. And she's just really involved in the birth community. So I did that weekly, and it was just really great, again, to be in a, like, circle of women who were in similar stages of life and knew what I was going through and all of that. And then we also did childbirth ed classes at a birth center in town, and that was really great, too. Just gave us, um, I guess, more concrete information and pain management techniques and all that kind of thing. So, that's yeah, great. Jessie? All right, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Wow. And so how was it for you, Jesse, in terms of being a part of the preparation as well? You know, was it important for you to kind of understand whether what was happening with Becca's body or what to prepare for at the time of birth or even what to prepare for once there's this new little baby? I know I, I was, I really appreciated uh, all the information Becca was feeding me. She, she did a lot of research and really knew a lot of, about what was going on. It seems like a lot of women who are preparing for birth don't really know exactly what's going on in their bodies and why things are happening. So I thought it was really cool that Becca was putting in the, all that effort to, to really know. Um, and I've, I've always been interested in like anatomy and physiology. And so it was really cool tools me to know, you know, what the baby's doing at this point or, you know, what certain things mean, um, as, as it, the you know, process and, and as he's progressing. Um, so that was really cool for me. And then, uh, reading some books and articles and stuff, trying to, to boost my knowledge of the birthing process and what, uh, what can be expected of me and what, what she would, might want me to do as, you know, as her birth partner. Um, so it was, it was really cool to, to be educated on, on those aspects. Did you guys have any fears that popped up during the process, during your planning, during your conversations? I mean, for me, I mean, it's I, I uh, for my career I'm a, a safety professional so I'm always thinking of the the you know what can happen what's the worst that can happen the risks how to mitigate risks and so being that you know even though I was familiar with home birth um, there's still that kind of stigma I guess that oh what if something happens um, and so that was a worry of mine but we had a plan with our, our midwife um, and she had relationships with uh, different hospitals and EMS crew and stuff. And so if something were to happen, she would be able to call them in. And if, if we needed to determine that Becca needed to go right to the hospital, they'd be right there. And so it was kind of having those fail safes in place was important for me in case something happened. Um, just because I didn't want to you know, take any chances on uh, prolonging, getting her to the, the care that she needed. If, if it came down to that. Yeah. So it sounds like you guys had your, mm-hmm. your backup plans and the backup to the backup plan yeah. and all that stuff. Yep. Yes. And then actually, excuse me, with prenatal care and everything, there's a hospital downtown, um, the Aurora Sinai, and they actually have the most midwives of any hospital in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, and several of the midwives had their babies at home. And so their head midwife set up a bridge program for home birth mamas. Um, if they need to transfer, they go and they're seen and they're, um, clinic once and then they're a patient of record and so if they need to do a home birth transfer it's quick it's really seamless 
the midwives and nurses are familiar with home births and they really, at least when I was there, they try to make you not feel like a failed home birth, which happens a lot of places, you know, mm, if there's yeah. a transfer. So, yeah, they just did a really, really good job of having everything in place and helping us feel supported um, in all stages of the labor, I guess. That is super cool. That was really great. Yeah, I love hearing that. I mean, the the local hospital right near our house, when we were, you know, discussing plans with our midwife, they were like, yeah, they're not very home birth friendly. Yeah, we'd heard multiple accounts mm-hmm. yeah. of like, even yeah. beyond not friendly. Yeah. And so, yeah, the, the fact that you guys That's had... Unfortunate. Yeah, well, you know, you know, it's, I, I think there's probably hospitals all over the country that are on both sides, right? You know, yeah. more like yours with sure. the bridge program, which is so cool. And I imagine that just, that helped you all feel so much more comfortable and um, with, with yeah. everything going on. So that's awesome. Props to the hospital. What's the name of it again? Aurora Sinai. Aurora Sinai. Awesome. Downtown in Milwaukee. Great job, Aurora Sinai. <laughs> yeah. You get the thumbs up from a one Matthew Bivens over here. <laughs> um, have I, Rebecca, help me. Are there other bridge programs or that you're aware of? Because when you describe that, that sounds like something I've heard of. And I don't know if it's directly referred to that way um, or whatnot, but... I'm like, uh, there's something there. We got to get in on this. How can how can we help create more of these bridge programs? But that's amazing. I just wondering yes. if that if you've heard of that in other places. Um, not that specifically, though. I'm okay. very sure they exist. Right, um, right. There's another OB in town who's very home birth friendly, and he's backup for a lot of people who birth at home or just anything out of hospital, you know, home or birth center. Um, so here in Milwaukee, there are those options, and I'm and I hope they exist other places as well. Yeah. All right, Bridge. I'm going to be I'm going to be thinking on yeah. that. <laughs> I like yeah. that. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> so, so tell us a little bit as birthing day arrived, whether it was in, you know, a couple days you knew things were changing or within the day of you realized things were, you know, it was getting real as they say, because I heard you mention earlier, we were a little past the guest state. So (laughs) tell us. (laughs) Okay. Um, I'll try to keep it brief because I ended up being in labor for about 53 hours and we'd gone back and forth. I was doing some, because I was so past the due date, you know, Yes, date. Um, I was doing some NFTs at the hospital, just checking in, making sure baby was reactive. There's a fair amount of push there to be induced, even with the Athenid with free clinic when I was past 41 weeks. Um, we tried to do a biophysical profile to check fluid levels, and they actually denied me the first time and said they weren't going to do it, and I just had to be induced. 
Oh, um, that wasn't the midwife center. That was the high risk maternal yeah. medicine clinic within the hospital. So a separate entity. Right. Right. Um, but I came back another day and they did it. So I think maybe they just had a stinky doctor. <laughs> yeah. He didn't them. have breakfast that morning or something. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He wanted to go home. I don't know. Um, so we were really kind of started on Wednesday, right at 42 weeks. I went in, did another NST and I ended up having my membrane stripped for the third time. <laughs> Okay. And before this, we've done everything. We've been walking and spicy food and squatting, like all the, you know, anecdotal things to facilitate labor. Um, but I had my membrane stripped again, and right away I had really strong um, cramping. And then um, I think with the membrane strip, the midwife was just pretty rough, and I ended up with a really, really sharp shooting pain out of my butthole. And that persisted all the way through labor. Oh my gosh! And it was it was worse than any of the contractions, honestly, and it was really? in between contractions. So throughout all of labor, this you know, thirty six hours we were at home. I couldn't rest because in between contractions, when I would have liked to have been resting or sleeping, I was trying to manage this really intense pain that kept me from sitting or laying comfortably. Um, I couldn't squat, which I really loved during pregnancy and had hoped to be doing through labor. Um, just other yoga moves I was really hoping to use, and I just couldn't because it was so painful. Mm. So, I don't know. I'd never heard of that before. So yeah, I haven't either. Um, was your midwife, was she trying to, like, manage it and, and you know, do, do something about it while, you know, those 36 hours were going on? Because, yeah, it sounds like it totally disrupted your intentions on how you wanted to experience at least that part of labor. Yeah. It was kind of interesting. Interesting, because uh, we had prepped and as far as like pain management and comfort techniques and everything um, between ourselves, and so I had all these these kind of moves or whatever in positions in my mind I was going to do, and uh, and when I whenever I tried to touch her, sorry, uh, whenever I tried to touch her, she would just she'd be like, "Stop! Don't touch me!" Just because it, it, it increased the pain so much, it was just so uncomfortable for me to do any counter pressure or any like hip squeeze, anything like that, it was not productive at all. Hmm. So really we just kind of had to stand back and give her emotional support because that's all, all yeah. we could do. Mm-hmm. Becca, did you ever find and out what it was? To... Did they ever able to, you know? Um, I've heard two things. One person mentioned it could have been internal hemorrhoids that were uh, irritated from the membrane street. Right. Which I had not heard of. That's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, or just what I thought that that memory strip was just really rough and just kind of really irritated that anal canal yeah. in between the vagina and the anal. So yeah, because everything's yeah, close not down sure there. What it was. <laughs> yeah, very close. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, oh so I spent gosh. a lot of labor just kind of standing and breathing. Um, I did listen to some hypnobirthing tracks, and I really liked the waves. They have one that was just like waves and pushing, and I did a lot of just kind of breathing. I'm listening to that. Mm. Gotcha. So we were, yeah, well, things are moving. Um, so I was home Wednesday afternoon till about Friday morning. And at 1 o'clock, midnight on Thursday, um, I got in the tub, the birth pool, which was awesome. It was the nicest pool ever. And I really wanted to love it. But again, I was just so uncomfortable. At some point, my back started hurting. And it wasn't like back labor. Like I strained my back during something, so I was 
constantly uncomfortable between the contractions and then the butt pain and the back pain in between them. Um, but my water did break at 1.30, um, Friday morning, I guess. Then we got out of the pool because nothing really happened from then. And I spent more time just standing. I felt like a zombie, just kind of wandering through my house while everyone was asleep. Mm. Um, and my, I got back in the pool at about 3 o'clock. And I let my midwife and Jesse sleep. And my mom stayed up with me. And she was amazing. And yeah, she really couldn't touch me. But she just had a cold washcloth on the back of my neck and just like stroke my hand. And that was about all I could handle. Um, and I felt like contractions were progressing, getting much closer together. Things are a lot stronger and lasting longer. And I had one that I swear was 15 minutes of just a rolling and rolling and rolling contraction. And I felt like it just kept peaking and I was really vocal through it. Mm. And at the end, I got really grunty and I felt like I wanted to push. Mm. And I got really excited because it had been so long at this point. Right. Um, so I had my midwife, you know, I woke her up and Jesse got him up. My midwife wanted to check me before she gave me the okay to push. And she checked me and her face kind of fell and she got really quiet and she blew Becca. I was about five centimeters. Five. And, yeah. <laughs> After 36 hours. <laughs> so, I mean, I really lost it at that point. I started crying and just kind of broke down. And, you know, you're so exhausted. No sleep. I just really felt like I couldn't do it. So we talked about options. And we had never been, like, home birth or die people. You know? Right, right. We, knew we would transfer if we needed to. And then my midwife brought that up as the option. I just said, that's what I've got to do because I knew I wasn't going to be able to bring baby into this world without rest. It was just so worn yeah. out. Um, um, I don't think anyone believed me. My midwife and mom and Jesse were all just kind of standing around. Um, but once I like got up and out of the pool and started barking orders, they were like, oh, okay, we're really yeah. doing this. We're really doing this. <laughs> yeah, Jesse. Do you have any thoughts, son? Yeah, how do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, I'd love to hear that. Hear your perspective. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I remember being woken up because, like she said, she let me sleep. And then I well, I can't remember if I was there for when Becca made that decision or if I got woken up after that. Um, but I remember just kind of like, oh, oh, okay. Oh, this is okay. This is happening now. It was like it was kind of confusing because she, she didn't want to go to the hospital before, but now all of a sudden she did. So it took a second for my brain to switch gears. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah. And I think um, before, since he was so late and people had talked about induction so often, that was kind of on the back of my mind and I was really conflicted about what to do. Like, do we just go get induced? Because after 42 weeks, risk of stillbirth increases greatly and some other risk factors. He's like, is that what we need to do? And I felt really conflicted. But I think it was a blessing that when she said you're five centimeters, I just knew right away that I had to transfer and the decision kind of made itself, which I was really grateful for. Yeah. So then you're yeah. giving out all the orders and people are gathering things. And then did you guys just hop in a car? Like, How did you get to the hospital? Yep. Yeah, I had um, some transfer bags packed already, which was great. So I think it just took 30 minutes for people to grab some things. And then it was the most miserable 20 minutes of a car ride of my life. It was a very it's just, a poorly managed road and it was very bumpy. Oh. Very bumpy. Oh, <laughs> But I just laid across the back seat, and my midwife drove in her car, and then Mom and Jesse followed in ours with me, and they just drove as fast as they could <laughs> and got us there. Um, and the transition was pretty flawless. 
I did yell at the front desk at the hospital because she kept telling me to sit in the wheelchair. Oh. I felt like I was shitting a knife, and I was like, I am not sitting in a wheelchair. And I just kind of yelled at her and then walked away. But... <laughs> it was pretty felt... epic. <laughs> yes. Kind of felt like a movie scene, you know? Yeah. But I got upstairs, and they administered the epidural, like, within an hour and a half, me being admitted, which was so great. And it was not what I wanted, but I was very excited to not feel uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, totally. For sure. I mean, that's a total example of, like, you were saying, like, the rest. And, you know, for whatever's going on with baby, with your body, you know, there are many women who go through an experience like you did, like, get the rest, and then kind of re-energized and can go back into the experience. So absolutely, you know, you need to take yeah. care of you and be, be mindful of like when you kind of knew, like you, you said, you kind of had this internal knowingness of like, okay, things have shifted in a way now where if I want to do this, then I'm going to need X, Y, and Z. I'm going to need the rest. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. So I got the epidural and it helped with the contractions and the butt pain. I still had the backache, so I still couldn't sleep. So it's pretty uncomfortable, but I was able to rest and my body relaxed, mm. which was great. And we made it into, I think at 10, so I got in, admitted at 6.30. At 10.30, she checked me again, and it was like five and a half, which I was kind of expecting because often labor stalls and she transfer. Right. Know? I wasn't too surprised, but she talked about Pitocin. It was, again, something we wanted to avoid, but I asked for some time to think about it. And I talked it over with my team and we just agreed and I felt strongly that that was the right thing to do. So we started Pitocin at around one o'clock and then by six thirty, I was fully dilated. That's awesome. I mean, they started her off on just a, like a, a four uh, on whatever scale they use. It was like just a very little bit, a little bit of Pitocin to kind of get things kicked off. Yeah. Yeah. We asked to keep it really dose. low. Oh. Yep. I like how you just said, yeah. you know, they presented the option of Pitocin and you talked to your team. That was just a cool way for you to phrase it. And I think that, you know, that goes, that speaks to the the intention you had by setting yourself up with these people who were going to, you know, love you and support you and be there so that you were able to consult with them and, you know, make a decision that you were comfortable with. I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. And yeah, I, appreciate- I tried to be really good. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Becca. Sorry. Um, whenever I was in the hospital, when you're talking about induction or, you know, the tests or the Pitocin, all that, I let them say their piece and then I asked for time and I mm-hmm. sent them out of the room. And then I talked about it with whoever was there with me, if it was my mom or Jesse. And there's just so much pressure to give them an answer right away. Mm-hmm. And I want to respect their time, but also my body and my baby and my birth. And so I was really careful about giving myself time to really think things through all the way. So. That's you you advocate for yourself. Yes. Yes. And I'm so happy that you just shared that because you, you sharing that, you know, you sent them out of the room. I mean, I I know that there's, there's soon to be moms who are listening right now who just, you know, didn't really know that was an option that you can send the doctor out of Mm -hmm. the room, you know, and you can. And so I love the fact that you, you took in the information. You said, great, I need now my space to figure this out. And you did what you needed to do to arrive at an answer. That's awesome. That's mm-hmm. so cool. Yeah. And yeah, send them out. And you can fire anybody at any yeah. point. 
Yeah. Don't like your doctor, anybody, fire him, find somebody else, even mm-hmm. if you're pushing. Mm-hmm. And the point you made about the lowest dose, I'm sure there are moms out there who like thought, wait, I, you can do that. That's even an option. It's not just like Pitocin and it's a one, you know, uh, dose situation or option. Like, yeah, you mm-hmm. could have it at a certain level. So to just explore your options, take that pause. Um, I love how you said my body, my baby, my birth. Bam. Yeah. And then I will correct Jesse. We only ever turned it up to a four. They started it at one or two. Again, I don't know what the dosage is, Mm -hmm. (laughs) micrograms or something, but they started at one or two and then just turned it up a little bit. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, 6.30, I was fully dilated. Um, The wife said I could do some practice pushes just to kind of get the feel of it. But I'm a little bit competitive, and so I wasn't very good at that. I kind of just started pushing right away. <laughs> <laughs> but um, then we had more excitement when we were pushing. Jesse, do you want to tell that? But Jesse was there to catch. He was able to catch in the hospital, which Aww. was really great. Which part? Um, about my issues and the episiotomy. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the way that Benji, our baby, was coming down, uh, and now he was hitting the uh, the lower, like the perineal mm. area, edge of the vaginal canal and it was super 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 tight he wasn't his head wasn't coming up so like the the top of the vulva up towards more the the pubis area was really loose um but the bottom was really really tight and so he wasn't wasn't able to really slide out his head was caught on it and it was like you could see see the tension the white like that white band of, of tissue from all the tension behind it um and so Pretty much the, the doctor, the midwife said that if he's not coming in the next two, couple pushes, they're going to have to, I, I can't remember the name of the, the maneuvering, but they have to go through the, the rectum and uh, to push his head up. And she's like, we have to do that. And I was like, whoa, okay. Um, <sighs> so he didn't, he didn't come. And then, then she decided to do an episiotomy, which she, uh, uh, she said that she hasn't done one in well over a year. So this was kind of an extreme case, mm-hmm. um, I guess. And so they did a episiotomy, which was the, I was down there the whole time cause I caught him. So I was watching everything and to see her get cut an inch and a half like that was just like, I had to look away. It was horrible. Um, but it was, and then after the episiotomy, he came, I think one or two pushes after that. Um, and he, he delivered and I caught him and, uh, the midwife only had to help me a little bit to get him out and we had our baby. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah, little Benji. Yeah. I love it. Oh. And oh, and I don't I don't think I don't know if we mentioned it. We didn't know the sex. Oh, uh, the surprise. We, we waited. So so I was able to announce this the gender. Mm-hmm. Um and that was really special for oh, both of us. Cool. Wow. Yeah. I appreciate so much I... of your account just there, Jesse, like from detail to accuracy like you said your love of anatomical is is very clear so i appreciate that <laughs> and i know other listeners do too but just to hear you know your view you know your perspective of the birth experience because everyone has such a different experience of that day based on your role sure. based on what's happening with you and based on what you're observing so to kind of get that 360 you know of the experience is just so cool so thanks for sharing mm-hmm. that yeah, no problem and can I brag on Jesse for a second? Yes. <laughs> um, while I was pushing, when the midwife mentioned the episiotomy, Jesse knew that that was 
you know, again, one of the reasons I didn't want to deliver in a hospital. <laughs> um, but when he heard that mentioned, he came up to my mom, who was up by my head, helping me push. And he just asked, he was like, is that something we can refuse? Like, he was, again, really wanting to be an advocate for me and help me achieve the experience I was hoping for. And my mom said, not really at this point, because yeah. it was a little sketchy. You know, baby's heart rate was really dropping with each push. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was just really great, really sensitive and considerate at all times. So. Hell yeah, Jesse. That's awesome. Way to go. Yeah. <laughs> How did you experience it, Becca? If you don't mind sharing. Um, yes. Um, like the appeasing itself or the whole. Yeah. The appeasing, you know, cause you know, Jesse shared how he witnessed it and just that, like, did you mm-hmm. feel it? Were you, how were you processing as it was happening? Yeah. I, so I had the epidural, so I didn't feel it. Okay. I was grateful for, mm-hmm. um, and then really for the whole pushing it, I was just really internal. I kept mm-hmm. my eyes closed. I wasn't interacting too much. I did tell my mom to shut up once because she was like, you can do this. Just like right in my ear. And it was too much for me. Um, it was lovingly. It was lovingly. He just shut, shut, up, shut, up, shut up. It was, it was hilarious because it was in the middle of a push. He's like, you can shut up now. Like, oh, okay. That's awesome. That's great. Um, we love you, mom. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Mom is great. <laughs> um, yeah. So I heard everything happening. There's kind of some, it was pretty hectic. The midwife who I had been seeing got caught in another birth. And so the midwife who came in right away didn't know me, just saw that I was 42 plus weeks, was worried about a big baby. Um, they did call in the OB team, the medical team, but they were really great and respectful. They stayed right outside the curtain. Um, the doctor just asked, like, do we need, does mom just need some rest or do we need to, you know, do anything? And the midwife was really certain that they would need to be born on this push. And that's when they did the episiotomy. But I was just really impressed with the hospital. The midwives were great. That medical team was really respectful. They didn't come barging in mm-hmm. and try to take over the scene. So I was aware of everything, um, but just really internal and keeping my eyes closed. And I heard about the episiotomy and I knew what was happening. I just kind of tried to ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's amazing. All, all that is awesome. Yeah. Just the way that you guys. Yeah conducted yourselves and showed up for yourselves and one another and advocated for what you wanted. I think it's so beautiful. And, you know, there's, there's things that I'm logging in my mind, like, you know, where can I step up and advocate for you, Sarah Mm. and, and Maya and, you know, because it doesn't, we don't just have to be the advocates in birth, you know, like we can, we can step up in those other ways Mm -hmm. through life. So you all are just a beautiful example of that. I think it's awesome. Thanks. So how was the – go ahead. Go ahead, Jesse. Oh, I was just going to say, over, like, overall, like, I, my, huge, my main takeaway from the whole experience is just how much of a badass Becca is. Like, I knew she was pretty cool and, and really strong and determined, but just seeing her go through that, and, and even though it didn't go how exactly we wanted, just the determination and the power that she – wielded with her body and her, her mind. It was very, it was impressive. And she's forever got the ba- the title of badass for me. So. Make me cry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Becca the badass. Yeah, I can get with that. Um, I'm just curious how you experienced, you know, uh, right after him arriving and then the, the rest of your time in the hospital, how that was as far as, you know, care, the oxytocin bubble, just what the next couple hours and maybe day were like for you. Yeah, so he was totally healthy when he was born, which was great. 
Um, he started nursing within just a few minutes. And that bubble is really cool. I wish I remember more of it. Mm. You know, it's all such a blur. But it was just really special. And I just remember feeling right away, sorry, I'm going to get teary-eyed, but just like, where have you been all my life? Like, yeah. I just felt like he was so intertwined in my life and my existence. I was like, you've always been a part of me. You know, why did it take so long? Yeah. <laughs> but I was just really, really amazed by him and, you know, every finger and every toe. It's like, oh my gosh, I made that. <laughs> you know, so pretty proud of him. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, yeah, it. and the That's hospital so stay cool. was good. I mean, they're in and out a lot, which was really hard because you just want to sleep and right. be alone, and they're right. constantly coming in and checking. Um, the repairs on my bottom, the stitches from the shoes on me, were really, really uncomfortable. Oh. <laughs> I was very swollen. Um, so recovery was pretty rough the first week or two. You know, I wondered, like, why I wasn't on a morphine drip. <laughs> they just <laughs> gave me, like, Tylenol and ibuprofen. I was like, what is this? Mm, yeah. But, gotcha. but, I don't know. It's just great because you have your squishy baby. Yes, you do have a squishy baby. So I don't want to be the person, but I do because I know you're just five months in, so I would never put on you to be, like, thinking about your family plan or whatnot. But if you have <laughs> thought about a baby number two at some point in the future, have you talked about kind of – um doing going for home birth again or just you know keeping certain things you know editing certain things has there been any of that put them on the spot i'm sorry i have to <laughs> no <it's okay. laughs> we have talked about it we haven't uh, agreed on when to try again but we know we would like to and again i'm competitive so i want to do it again <laughs> so i can try and get my home birth again but, yeah well, and becca has a hard time because she she feel like she had a plan and it didn't happen so i mean there, there's part of part of her that feels like it's it was partially a failure, mm. but it wasn't ultimately, right? Because we're a healthy baby, healthy mama. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she wants to, she wants to do that again, and she wants to do, she keeps saying do it the right way, which there's no you know right way as long as baby's alive and mommy's healthy. Yeah. Um, but we're she's pretty determined to to give that another shot, and she wants her plan to to work out. Yeah, mm-hmm. can't, can't blame her for that. Well, I think you guys have a really beautiful story that you're right. There is no right, right way. You know, ultimately, we're all playing for the same thing. That's ha- happy, healthy baby and mama and family and everything. And I think that's just one of the beautiful things that birth offers is this ultimate uh, op- ultimate opportunity for surrender. Where you just have to let go mm-hmm. and yeah. things yeah. are going to go the way they're going to go. And, um, yeah, so... Well, you know, when you guys do for number two, we'll uh, we'll, we'll have you back on. We'll chat again. Awesome. Can I say one more thing? Yeah. I just want to share for any mamas or, you know, couples who don't get the birth experience they're hoping for, Mm -hmm. that, you know, people will always say, happy baby, happy mama. And it almost feels invalidating, not to brag on Jesse because he's heard all this before, but I think it is totally normal and okay for you to grieve not getting the birthing experience that you had hoped for. And of course you're happy that you're safe and your baby's safe. Nobody's or nobody should be doubting that it's normal. And I think healthy to grieve that and, you know, kind of have those feelings and experience all that. Then just try to even it out with knowing that, you know, you can try again if you can, or that you have your baby and just, yeah, surrendering and letting go. But it's natural to have those feelings, I think. 
I appreciate that you said that so much, yeah. Becca, because if you notice, like, the the men were kind of on the wavelength of what is important and, and needs to be remembered as well. And then as that was being shared, I'm like, yeah, but she can be frustrated too, is like kind of what was going through my mind. Absolutely. And so it's like, that's why the balance is needed, right? We need that perspective from our partners and then also the support and mm-hmm. the love, the space, whatever it is to allow us to process that in, in whatever way or time frame that looks like. Um, so for you to be sharing like you are now, I feel like is a huge part of that. You to be processing your own story, sharing it with your partner, and then also creating the space for other women who have possibly experienced something similar or however the birth mm-hmm. went and you're you're just kind of coming to terms with or acceptance and peace around it and maybe looking towards future births that, you know, where the healing can happen there. So I feel like you're certainly a part of that for yourself and are putting that forward for other women. So um, that that acceptance process is is your process. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I, I really love that you mentioned that. Thank Absolutely. you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's, um, that's a, a great thing for, for myself to realize. It's like, yeah, you know, that experience, um, I don't have the experience that you had, Sarah. I don't have the experience that you had, Becca. Mm-hmm. And um, there's still a lot of learning for me to do. So it was very easy for me to chime in. Just like, you know, you, you were saying, Jesse, like, yeah, you know, we, we want to, it's, you know, the important thing is that the mom and baby are healthy. And I think that's kind of what right. we say. It's common to say. So if you hadn't said that, Becca, I would have continued with that story and that conversation for future interviews. And um, I'm going to be more mindful about that because okay. you, know, you both are very right that, that, that having that space to, to grieve and process is important and it's okay. It's totally okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Appreciate you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. We have some pretty cool dudes, don't we, Becca? Being open-minded and sensitive and knowing where the vulva is and everything. That's great. (laughs) Right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you guys are so awesome. We appreciate you. We appreciate Benji, too, for chiming in. He's like, um, this is my story, too. Oh, I wanted to ask, what are some of of Benji's tricks right now at five months old? Mm. What are the cool things that he's doing? Last week, he started to roll from his back to his front. Get and it, Benji. that really quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as being adorable, a trick. Yes. He's really good at that. It is. It certainly is. Yes. He's always had really floofy hair, so his hair is always everywhere. And ah. Whenever we go out, he always gets compliments on his great hairdo. Uh, well, we'll have to share pictures of that hairdo when we publish this so yeah, that the yeah. world can okay. see. <laughs> uh, Perfect. Thank you guys so much again. We appreciate you. Much love to you and the whole family. And uh, this was great. Thank you. Thank you for having us. As well. Thank you, guys. Quick note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved. Datages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, 
check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.